Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, fellow 444.com writer, Connor Allen. What's going on, man? Not too much. You know, the noon slate of props last week, it looked like I was going to have my worst week in like six years. You know, I was literally, I think I was like two and eight or something like that. Uh, you warned me about Jonathan Taylor, and I still, I still think this process was right, but you warned me. I mean, he had two receptions for like 10 yards in the first quarter. His prop was like 15. Um, and you know, I took the, some combined yardage props as well, but Oof. I got burned pretty bad. I mean, what did, what did Wilkins end up with? Like 20 carries for 89 yards. I mean, the process is right. We knew they were going to be ahead. We knew they were going to be able to run on, uh, run on Detroit, but it's, I mean, he just didn't play and he, he looked terrible. Like, I don't know. He, he it's really weird. He looked awful. It's so. really weird. My 2018 best ball shares. We're loving the Jordan Wilkins. And if you remember, that was my that was my dude that year. Like I, yeah, I was hammering him. I'm like, this is the next. This is Matt Forte. And he just he looked good. He did. I mean, he he might outtouch Jonathan Taylor for at least another week. So I mean, we'll get into that right. there. But yeah, it's pretty wild that you know uh, Twitter's best prospect since Saquon Barkley is now getting outtouched by Jordan Wilkins. So, oh yeah, tough. Tough scene for uh, for that. I mean, we we were kind of frustrated too because we felt like that was such a bad in the season long you know settings and, and high stakes and stuff like that was such a bad pick in the third round and like people were going to back into some great value with Marlon Mack going down and luckily as I know we're both you know light on Jonathan Taylor. I know you have a little bits because yeah, like your playing partner. Yeah, one share in like the late fourth round and that oh, was that's not it. bad. Okay. Yeah, and that was okay. So. And you probably had to talk him off of a bunch of others. Oh God, yeah. There was there were some wars early on with Payno. You know, like <laughs> he's like Jonathan Taylor is so good, and like the offensive line and all this. You know, and I, I had to I had to battle back and say no, no, he's not going to give very much work, and there's a chance that he isn't that good. You know, so yeah, well that works. I've we talk about we do at the end of every show. We've been doing it. It's kind of a bit for years of our fishy teasers. But I started, you know, I really honed in the last couple of years of, of totals. You know, I write a, a totals article here for four for four and I've had many times in the last few years, whether it's depending on the number I like, it's three, four, five totals. And, you know, there are multiple times a year where I hit all of them. I'm like, I, I just need to start every week just as a, as a point of process. I just need to parlay all my totals because, you know, you're going to get odds that I think are better than my, um, you know, my hit rate. So got really close two weeks ago, missed on uh, the Chargers uh, Jags under. But last week hit them all for a really nice 24 to one score. Helped kind of ease some of the pain that I had in other spots for the week. So I'm going to hopefully catch a little bit more of that uh, here this week. Just going to be Connor and I again. Um, we both kind of really like doing it this way. We did this, this, we did it this way last year a few times. Like, I don't know. I enjoy it. We get a little bit more space to breathe. Uh, we had a guest lined up. Things happen. People are busy. And uh, this is a busy week in life for people. It's stressful. Like, I felt I'm in a different spot this week mentally than I am in, in most other weeks with all that's going on in the outside world. So just Connor and I, we got some time to breathe this week. I believe, I will not say with any <laughs> conviction, but I'm pretty sure we got a guest next week. We'll figure it out. If we don't, 
Connor and I will be here again. Do it. Uh, um, you're coming for us anyway. Let's be honest. I mean, the guests are just, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to remind you, we've increased the ways that you can consume Move the Line this year. We are streaming here on 444.com's Periscope, also on YouTube, also on Twitch, uh, podcast form as well as like we always are, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, rate and review wherever you listen. Really appreciate that. Helps uh, let other people find us, you know, bumps us up there and uh, lets us keep this in front of the paywall and, and keep it free. We love doing it and want to continue to do so. So we appreciate that. Um, also want to let you know about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. We all love snake drafts. We all kind of got started that way. Imagine back in the day, if you were a fantasy player at all, um, this new battle Royale format that they got going on over there, is just kind of a blend of a little bit of snake draft, a little bit of best ball, a little bit of, you know, um, DFS style. So basically you can draft um, in a format of, you know, 10, 12 guys. And then basically they can pull all the prize pools together. So you have those big payouts that are DFS style. Um, so, there's obviously strategy involved that you want to think about, not necessarily, you know, maximizing your team to beat the other guys that you're in your division. You're really trying to think of it as a GBP. So go ahead over at Underdog, check out the app, go to the app store, look for Underdog Fantasy. And after you sign up and deposit, let them know you came from four for four. All right, brother. Uh, week nine, you got four buys, Bengals, Browns, Eagles, and Rams. Uh, week eight, big for the dogs. And unders both were nine and three uh, last week, which is nice. Um, dogs are hitting at a fifty-seven percent clip for this season, a little higher than normal. But uh, you know, when in, in doubt, take the points when you can. This is a different year too because we're having to deal with the, you know, how do we bake in home field advantage? What is home field advantage? You know, we have some of those situations this week too, where it's like, all right, home field advantage for like New Orleans going to Tampa, for instance, like and maybe it's not the full three, but we know New Orleans outside of the dome is a different beast and, and those types of things. So, um, you know, taking points is obviously the way to go. Um, and unders screw unders. Who wants to bet an under, like it's the worst <laughs> thing ever betting unders for props. Like I will get to a prop later and under, I just, it's the worst. Don't, I don't encourage it. I'm sure there'll be times we'll talk about them, but man, you, know, you got to bet. You got to bet unders, man. I, I think oh. I'm, you know betting unders is it's gross, but you just got to do it. Close your I eyes. And... Part of it's just a, it's just venting, but like it's just rough. <laughs> it's rough. I haven't taken many positions on unders this year, and I think when I've done it, it just hasn't worked. I don't know. Um, although I I hit on the Rams Dolphins under last week, but like think about how that game went. That game had like 45 points in the first half. It, the total was 46. Like yeah. I just that was a painful thing to to hold on to. So I think it's I think it's actually easier with props on unders than like totals because um a lot of times a lot of stuff we talk about with totals is like already baked into the markets unless you're hitting it early. Whereas sure. props, like I just grind Paulson's projections up against, you know, our like the prop market and like you know, it leads me to some awesome props. Like last week, Zach Pascal under three and a half receptions was like plus one twenty. And then by the time it closed, it was like minus 220. Uh, and so it's just like they, they just post some props that are really bad. I mean, he finished with three receptions. It was actually kind of close. But, uh, you know, in the last few games, it wasn't. So the, it's like things like that, that I think it's way easier to take unders in that scenario where instead of like a full game under. Totally agree. And I, you're, you're going to be more profitable taking unders in the prop market over the long term for sure. There's so many outs in the prop market and taking unders. I get it. Just mostly I'm just venting. I'm just bitching because – 
<laughs> they're not fun. Like they, you know, it's fun to win, but like if you're watching and sweating live, like unders are are less enjoyable. We all want points. So let's jump into the slate though. We have uh first game here with Bears on the road against the Titans. Titans six and a half point favorites here at home. Uh totals are all over the place a little bit. There was and I'm seeing this trend with points bet. If that's a book that you have, you know, options to, like they're just keeping a little bit higher. They know that no one wants to bet unders. So they're just floating a little bit higher overs uh, than everyone else. 46 and a half. Most places, at least a couple hours ago, this was 47 and a half. They see a whole point higher over on points bet. So um, both clubs lost two straights public though, looking for the Titans to get back on track this week. Bet numbers are fairly split, but you're looking at about 80% of the handle. So far on the Titans, Connor, talk to me about this game. Yeah, this this Bears team is still just kind of hanging around. Like last week, they they had a big deficit against the Saints going into the you know the final stages of that game, but somehow came back, tied it, forced overtime, and you know even almost won there. Um, but this is still a team that I think is overrated. Now they're going to be heading into this game without. I mean, the majority of their offensive line, they're not going to be without their left guard, right tackle. Uh, and then probably without the right tackle, Jason Spriggs and Jermaine Effetti, uh, as well as Cody Whitehair. So, I mean, this is like literally just – this is a shell of itself. I think the biggest issue is that we just saw this Titans team go up against the Bengals' offensive line, which is one of the worst in the league, and do pretty much nothing. So um, Two pressures, I think. Pressures yeah, twice. Two pressures. I mean, that's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like in this spot, like we want to talk about that matchup, but – is there really going to be anything different than what we just saw? I mean, maybe a little bit more, but not a whole lot. So I think that it actually could be a good spot potentially for both teams to score points. Uh, Tennessee's offense has still been largely pretty good outside of, you know, last week's stumble. Um, the Bears are also dead last in explosive run rate allowed and 10th worst actually in pressure rate on the season. Uh, they've been pretty good from a, an efficiency standpoint. Uh, eighth in rushing success rate allowed, first in passing success rate allowed schedule aided so um in this spot here i think it's the titans team total is in play the issue is that so it's 26 the bears are actually yet to allow more than 26 points in the season allowing exactly 26 points twice to the falcons and saints um i mean by the numbers this is the best offense they played but i don't know I, i think it's tough here so i lean titans to win um you know anything under seven we actually saw it go all the way down to five and a half at one point and I think it probably closes at six and a half or seven here. Yeah, I did go down to five and a half. I jumped on it in the look aheads um, and got it here. So it's kind of come back to where it was. But yeah, you mean great points. I mean, the Bengals thing is is a problem. Like I want to note that the Bears don't have any offensive linemen, but this Tennessee defense doesn't get any pressure. They did have, you know, basically their – their main defensive players last week too. It's not like they were playing. I mean, Jadivia and Clowney didn't practice for most of the week, but he played. So it's not like they ran a depleted front seven out against the Bengals and just couldn't get any pressure against their bad offensive line. And they didn't play any of their starters. They were running straight backups, the same situation that the Bears will have this week. So I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of conviction in the Bears. I did bet the Bears under team total last week which looked okay until the last couple seconds. And somehow they put together a drive to get a field goal to push that into OT, which is frustrating. I, I, I like the team total on the Titans. I might go that way, or I might just go game total because the, the bears are playing a little quicker this last couple weeks, month in particular. We know the Titans are playing fast. 
The Bears have been decent against the run, 11th in DVOA, 8th in successory allowed. They're also allowing the highest rate of explosive runs in the league this season. So pretty good spot for Big Dog just grinding out, you know, 25 carries here, knowing that he can probably break one or two for a big play here. Um, I've been a little bit on the the Bears are fraudulent defensively side. Um, I don't know that they're fraudulent per se. I just still think they're a little overrated. They are getting good secondary performance, but they don't really have any pass rush. I just think this is a nice bounce back spot for, for Tennessee. So I like them anywhere under seven as well. Um, kind of, I would probably lean Titans over, especially being under a key number like 27. If you can get it 26, 26 and a half, I think is a good play. But uh, Allen Robinson props are going to be interesting here. He should probably have a field day against this Titans secondary. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, not, not too much more to add for me here. Yeah. All right, next we have the Lions on the road against the Vikings. I think this one's off the board still in most places. Previously was Minnesota minus four. Uh, total 52 and a half on DraftKings, 51 on FanDuel. Way too high. Um, when this opens back up, regardless of who's a quarterback, uh, anywhere under 50, I think you fire pretty confidently. Uh, again, Stafford added to the COVID list, his availability here up in the air. Uh, so it's off the board. If not, looks like Chase Daniel gets some action. You know, classic cash and checks, Chase Daniel, clipboard holder. Just been printing money for like eight years in the league. Just just insane amount of money that guy's made for the amount of snaps he's played. But devastating to see Kenny Galladay go down with the hip injury. His status for this one looks like he's out for sure. Moving forward, we don't know. Marvin Hall slid into his role a little bit. Um, the first few weeks during the season, Quintus Cephas pretty much took that Galladay role. He was inactive. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle you know, wide receiver snaps there. But the bigger point is this offense, when we remember how things were back in the first couple of weeks without Galladay, it's just a totally different offense. They're really conservative, playing very slow, really run heavy. And it even took them a couple of weeks with Galladay. And even with him, like they've been still a little too run, run, Galladay, bail us out. And uh, we know Minnesota wants to run the ball. They're going to be able to run the ball pretty effectively here against the Lions. So I think these, I don't necessarily have a lean on the total. Like I just don't trust the Vikings. I mean, on the side, but in the total, it feels way too high. What are your thoughts here? So I actually grabbed a pretty big chunk of Vikings minus four, um, largely speculative based on Stafford missing practice. A uh, friend of the show, John Daigle, actually texted me like, you know, midday while I was at work and was like, hey, we need to hit this. Like Stafford wasn't at practice. And Oh, didn't you- put that in the group check? <laughs> All right, Daigle. Well, that's cool. Just, just, just. Well, do I'm, I'm his, uh, All right, his like, you know, middleman here. So I help him, you know, get down a little bit more. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, and so that's my, that's my in. You know, that's my in on getting this inside. No, I remember. Here. I'll remember. Um, but you know, I, I hit him with that early Browns look ahead line on the Colts a few weeks ago. <laughs> we, we got like uh, two or three closing line value points on that. All right, Daigle. No, we're cool. We're cool. All right, Connor. Sorry. Go ahead, man. It's just good to know where you're at. It's good to know. <laughs> well, anyways, I mean, we'll, we'll be, uh, you know, we can cash checks as a team. It's, it's all right. You know, I think, I think there's, there still might be, you know, some action to be sold off here. Cause I put down probably way too much money on this based on how, uh, <laughs> if Stafford is going to play, um, which it looks like he might, I doubt that he actually had, you know, COVID. Um, 
and it looks like he was just like in close contact. He's still eligible to play with Sunday. The issue is, I mean, he's not going to have a whole, he's not going to practice at all all week. So like he's literally going to roll up on Sunday without practicing all week and just play. Um, so, I mean, that's obviously suboptimal. And even in this spot here, I think the Vikings have a really good matchup and that's something they're going to do, which is run the ball playing against Detroit, who ranks fourth worst in adjusted line yards, 23rd in rushing success rate allowed, and they're allowing four and a half yards per carry. I think after we saw Dalvin Cook last week, we're going to see a ton of them again this week. Like that is, I think, their desired strategy. So, I mean, they're going to have success with it, and I think that he has another good game, and the Vikings are able to hold on here. I probably like them, you know, maybe up to six points is what I would say, um, and probably win by a touchdown. Yeah, 20 or 32 touches. 226 yards, four scores. Pretty nice afternoon for Dalvin last week. Great spot for the Minnesota pass catchers as well. Though, to your point, if we do think it's going to be Minnesota in a big way, you know, maybe volume becomes a concern, especially in the second half if we're chasing some volume-type props. Just knowing the Minnesota's run-heavy tendencies, they'll have success doing so. Obviously, good matchups for for them as well. And then on the, you said on the Lions side, regardless of whether it's Stafford or not, I I feel like this is a totally different dynamic offensively without Galladay. Um, Obviously Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson will need to step up in a big way, but um, even in this division and, you know, knowing that the Vikings defense is is pretty poor as well. I just don't think they have enough to get it done. So yeah, I I would even say, man, like, I don't know. I would chase this. I take this under, a long way down from, from where it was. Um, okay. You know, yeah. Cause I mean, I yeah, even if Stafford does play, he's going to be rusty. It's not like he's going to want to, you know, just throw out 30 or be able to. So. Yeah. I just don't think they have the, the horses to do it. I just don't. So yeah. All right, next we have the giants on the road against the Washington football team down to two and a half here with Washington favorite at home total at 42 and a half in most spots. You get Washington off a bye against the Giants on a short week. These two teams played just a couple weeks ago. Giants winning 20-19, a late defensive scoop and score. Kind of settled that one. So far, the Giants, though, a public team, uh, early action has taken this line down from 3.5 to 2.5, which is, again, only a point, but key movement, as we know, working through the three here. I acted early in the look-ahead market. Uh, I obviously got the worst of the number at 3.5 because I thought it could climb thinking that the Giants would get rolled by Tampa Bay on Monday night. And, um, you know, they showed up a little bit and hung around. And I think that's brought this down here. But, again, Washington off a bye, short week for the Giants. This Giants offensive line is allowing the highest pressure rate in the league. It's really the one thing that Washington does pretty well. They really should have won that game the first time these two teams met. So uh, what are your thoughts here, bud? Yeah, I just don't know why that they already are like giving us a rematch of this terrible game. Like they needed to someone to play So yeah, just maybe in like week nineteen, you know, like the the, the ominous week that we I don't even have yet. Just put them there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Washington lost by one last time. Uh, I in my original notes, I did have like lean New York Giants at plus three and a half. I don't really think uh, Washington should be favored by three points against really anyone or three and a half points by anyone, especially with the hook. Um, and the Giants did just play pretty well. Maybe it's like recency bias, but I thought that that was fine. Two and a half, I'm not touching it. Uh, I don't mind like a Washington team total under. Uh, it's like 22 and a half, it looks like right now. Um, they scored more than 22 in just two games this season. I mean, the Giants defense has actually been, you know, somewhat decent. Uh, ninth in rushing success rate allowed, 13th in yards per play allowed, seventh in pressure rate. 
um, they're they're acceptable. You know, it's not like they're an awesome defense or anything, but I think they're good enough to the point where they can slow down a Washington offense that doesn't really have too much, you know, too much going for them here. So um, in this one, I think I lean towards under there. Also, maybe Daniel Jones under in his fantasy points here, especially on points bet where they float just like some ridiculous lines. Uh, it'll probably be around like 17 and a half, 18. I like right. that here. Sorry, go for it. No, you're good. I was just saying I'm still stuck in my priors, I think, of like Giants suck. And I kind of like some of the pieces on Washington. Just Yeah. I mean, McLaurin, I was obviously in play, but he's going to be – he did well against uh, you know Bradbury last time around. I think he had 72 yards on 12 targets, uh, like seven receptions, I believe, something like that. Uh, so, I mean, he definitely played well. He's, he's uber talented. Like there's not really anyone that I would shy away from, but – I guess it's not really something that I want to attack either because I don't think the prop market's going to set it low enough for me to be really super interested in McLaurin here. No, I agree. It's a stay away. You're right. I mean, seven for 74 last time. But uh, I like the Antonio Gibson heading into the bye, getting 20 carries. Obviously a nice game script against Dallas, but that'd be interesting to see. They want to continue to feed him moving forward. I think that sets up pretty well for them. But uh, old classic corner TV game there for the most part. Yeah. This one is not. This is... uh, Fun one. This is the Seattle on the road against Buffalo. We've got Seattle here minus three in most spots. Uh, very healthy total in this game as well. You know, fifty-five. I guess in most spots we're seeing Seattle opened as a short road favorite here, basically one and a half in most spots, and then now has been bet up. Looking about two thirds of the bets on Seattle, nearly seventy-five percent of the handle on them as well. I mean. A lot of points. Seattle games are averaging the highest combined points in the league. At this point, just a shy half a little point under 63. I think it's a good bounce back spot, though, for Josh Allen, too. You can look at him in the prop market. I mean, the last couple of games have just been tough. I mean, they had, other than the Jets game, where the Jets game, they if you look at the score, you know they settled for a bunch of field goals, but like they dominated total yardage there. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. And then they've had weather issues the last couple of games. And last week against New England was kind of a gross game. And you had that uh, the game against the Chiefs where it was just disgusting and rainy and windy too. So you know, everyone wants, wants to know what happened with Josh Allen. Is he dead? I just think it's been somewhat of a, a situation of the environment around him. Now he gets Seattle at home, elevated game script, elevated pace. I think you're going to see a lot of points. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, exactly. I was able to you know lay – uh, two units here on Seattle's team total over 27 and a half. It actually got down to at one point. Um, and now we're looking at a total of 55 with Seattle favored by, you know, three that projects their team total to be around like 29. Uh, I would take that like pretty much up to 30. Seattle scored 31 or more points in all but one game against the Vikings, which they scored 27. I mean, we remember that game where like the whole entire first half, they were basically shut out and, uh, the Vikings controlled the clock. So I think in, in this spot here against the Buffalo defense, which is really, really overrated, um, and largely because they have two games against the Jets. So if you remove those games, you know, their numbers on the outside look okay, including them, which is 31st rushing success rate, 17 the passing success rate. You remove those games, the Bills defense is now last in rushing success rate and 29th in passing success rate allowed. So – I mean, against a team like the Seattle Seahawks, where they're just an electric passing game, they're really clicking on all cylinders. They're doing smart things with, uh, you know, the offense. They're passing on early downs. I mean, this is a spot here where Seattle could realistically score 40 points. And, and I'm like not even shy about that. I think that it's very much a possibility. 
And I think a lot of it's going to go through Tyler Lockett. Buffalo is like a, a slot funnel, and they've historically, or at least the last two years, allowed like slot receivers just to go off against them. So, I, I mean, I think on that side of the ball, those those are my favorite spots to attack. The Seattle team total, and even the game total at 55, I, I'm definitely interested in it there as well. Yeah, I, I got Seattle at two and a half early in the week, and I got the total over at 54. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. I, I, I think if you want to hone in on a team total, getting the Seahawks under 30 probably makes a lot of sense. You know, probably even under 31 at that point, which is probably more of a key number than 30. You're not seeing a lot of a lot of 30s. But like you said, I mean, if you just think about it, like they both have a lot of issues. Right? They both have – they're both similar in a lot of ways, right? They, especially early in the season, surprisingly – both teams were, were really aggressive early down passing and throwing down the field with talented receivers. I mean, John Brown should be back in this one too, so that helps them quite a bit. But neither are very good at stopping the run. You maybe Seattle a little bit better than Buffalo. And secondary is not great. And Tredavious White, probably the biggest name, but the only strength really in the Seattle defensive side is really the secondary. And there's just nothing. So, like, there's nothing that Buffalo does better than Seattle and they do everything that Buffalo does well, a little bit better and no home field advantage. I mean, obviously Seattle's traveling East playing in the early window, whatever you want to, you know, you want to give that credit, but like it's just not enough for me, especially getting in at two and a half early in the week. I like being on that side of the number, but it just feels like a really good spot for, for Seattle to not be stopped. And again, another team, they're both going to elevate each other. And like, so our concern sometimes with Seattle's points they haven't been there this year, but it's just sometimes maybe they get into a little bit of run heavy stuff in the second half, but defense is so bad. Buffalo will be able to keep the foot on the gas here and make Seattle continue to pass. So especially even without Chris Carson, I feel like it becomes even more of the rush show. So, Oh yeah. And I mean, on the other side of the ball, like Stefan Diggs is an incredible match against the Seattle. Incredible matchup. So yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I so I actually saw some early props came out over at points bet. So I actually already grabbed Tyler Lockett over 66 receiving yards. Uh, and then I um, digs prop was 72, which I mean, that's a little bit more right. I thought, but you know, Lockett's receiving prop I thought was a tad too low against this. I think it's a Lockett week compared to a Metcalf week. It's not like Metcalf's matchup is necessarily bad, but Buffalo's definitely been a lot better at outside corners than, uh, defending slot or outside receivers instead of slot receivers. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, by the matchup, it would be a lock a week and getting him at like, you know, six or seven less yards than Metcalf makes a lot of sense. But I mean, Diggs as well here is just, uh, if, if he, if this game is back and forth, as we think, I mean, he should finish with over a hundred yards pretty easily. 93.8 is what our number is on him. So yeah, you know, pretty aggressive. Yeah. I just, I, I think it's a good spot. I feel like it is a lock a week, but I feel like it's still going to be, it's still going to be Metcalf. It's too, always right? a Metcalf week, right? Always, it is Metcalf season is never over. Even the one game that he like didn't play that well, he had like the the David Moore touchdown called back. You know the the blocking. You know, careful. Penalty. Yeah, careful. I, I know. I can't put too much too much David Moore slander on the pod yeah. here, but um, yeah, still, I mean, dude, dude is just a, a machine. And Zach Moss, I mean, not really relevant, and it's it's really hard to to really attack this Buffalo backfield in the prop markets, but does kind of look like he is taking over a little bit, at least some of those high volume touches. They seem to want to lean on him a, a little bit more in the red zone than they do Singletary. The problem here is that sometimes we get cucked by Josh Allen, but uh, you know, he's also seems to be as equally, if not more involved in the passing game too. So interesting to watch that moving forward. All right, next we have 
Baltimore on the road against the Colts. Uh, Baltimore down to two and a half, one and a, two, one and a half even in some spots. Uh, total ranging between 46 and a half, 47 and a half. Uh, yeah, I mean, market fairly split here, but it's dropped after opening at three. I love Baltimore here. I think there is a good deal of recency bias. The Ravens coming off of a loss, Colts dominating, you know, off a bye on the road against the Lions, who I don't think either of us think are very good. Maybe the Ravens have lost a little bit of their luster. You know, after last season, they just ran through the league. But, you know, offensive line injuries have been a problem here. No Marlon Humphrey this week. He's dealing with COVID. But really, their only two losses were to the Chiefs and the Steelers, who arguably two of the best teams in the league, if not the two best teams in the league. Um, yeah, and, and Baltimore's defense is – I feel like there's some some regression here based on where some of the metrics are. You know, really they're a top unit. I mean, if you look at – where do we have them at? Uh, so top five defensive DVOA overall, second in points allowed, um, first in run D DVOA, eighth against the pass. Um, you know, really just nothing – Nothing bad across the board, but they're 30th in points per red zone, 31st in touchdowns per red zone. I just, I feel like something like that is just, that's going to regress. I feel like they're better, as good as they performed. Some of the the outcomes that we've had happen have been, you know, not really true indicative of their skill set. I mean, last week they played a really good game for the most part, but they lost the turnover battle in a big way. And we've seen that. It was a bad matchup. That's why we were on the Steelers. Steelers can get pressure. Lamarsh really struggled against blitz and pressure, but uh, I don't know. Lamar on the turf against the Colts team who I don't know where you're at. I think we were aligned early in the season. I, I think they're overrated. And, you know, you look at the, their losses, they've lost to Jacksonville and the Browns. And, you know, we're looking at the two losses for, for Baltimore was to the chiefs and the Ravens. So yeah, the chiefs I mean, and Steelers. That's yeah, I think that's like a really important note and something that I was going to go through real quick was just like the the Colts schedule. We knew it was the easiest range of schedule coming into the season. Um, but when you go look at it right here, like on a game by game basis, like they lost to the Jags in week one, then they beat the Vikings, they beat the Jets, they beat the Bears, then they lost to the Browns, and then they beat the Bengals and the Lions. Yeah. I mean, well, who's the best team they've even played? Like the Browns, probably, and that's like they you know, they're like a fringe. And they lost, and they're like a fringe top ten team, right? That's what I would consider them at this point, probably. Um, and this Baltimore Ravens team, I mean, this is like a fringe top five team, in my opinion, um, if not, you know, consider like locked in top five. They haven't played super well as of late, but I mean, this is a matchup where I think that we can really take advantage of recency bias, like you said. Getting the Baltimore at anything under three, I think, is awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably go pretty heavy on Baltimore. I would consider points betting them as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, the only Ooh, issue is that they, if they fall behind, uh, you know, that that is an issue for Baltimore. But in really in this game, like, I, I don't really see it happening. I think that they're just dominant on all sides of the ball. And uh, this is a great bounce back spot for them. Yep. Absolutely love it. Um, I loved it so much that I shared it in our frigging group chat. <laughs> I didn't text you on the side. Uh, fucking Daigle. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love I, I'm with you. Like I love it at three, anywhere under three, I think is is great value. I feel like we've kind of done this a few times in the last few weeks. And we actually both times have really been spearheaded around the Steelers. And I feel like the yeah. Ravens are kind of this week's Steelers where maybe start to build some, you know, different bets around yeah. the Ravens as kind I'm, of an anchor play. There's just a lot of like 
I feel like people aren't putting enough context into the numbers behind the Colts. Because, yeah, because right, all their numbers look really good in terms of you know overall, uh, like first in rushing success rate allowed, sixth in passing success rate allowed. But when you actually look at who they played, you're like, why does it even matter, right? Like you're like that's not even like they're playing against Nick Foles and Darnold, and you know like they lost to Gardner Minshew. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> things like that. I just I just don't think that those numbers matter as much based on their schedule. So. Yeah, in this spot, I think I'm going to be pretty heavy on Baltimore. Yep, love it. Um, squeaky wheel narrative here with Hollywood Brown. You know, only saw two targets. Um, you know, obviously lots of dominating. It's kind of why we've been on the prop market the last couple of weeks at least a little bit. You know, really dominating the team's air yard share, target share, red zone looks. You know, really good. Um, you know, metrics underlying that we want to continue to lean on. So. Uh, looks like he continues to be a buy. Be interesting to see what happens in the backfield. I mean, J.K. Dobbins looks like the real deal. That was a really tough matchup last week against the Steelers. This is not as tough of a matchup, although the metrics will tell you it's probably pretty similar. But, um, I mean, Indy is first in rushing success rate. Pittsburgh is second now. Pittsburgh was first last week. But, like, I still don't think it's necessarily something I would shy away from, depending on where his numbers are set at. So, uh true alpha michael Pittman, back in action here uh ty hilton moved out of the way it was going to happen anyway but uh you know marcus johnson's another guy that's kind of emerged there it'll be interesting to see what they do but like i don't know man i, I just can't get the philip rivers against the ravens thing out of my head and i just feel like anywhere under three i'm uh locking heavy so we're aligned there yep all right, next, Panthers on the road against the Chiefs. This one's held steady, 10.5, uh, 52.5 is the total. I mean, laying double digits is something that a lot of betters just shy away from, some reason, even if it's the Chiefs. Um, it looks like that's kind of what's happened in the market too, though. That's held at 10.5. A lot of action taking the Panthers in the points so far in the market. Looks like McCaffrey's back this week. Be interesting to see how his return impacts the rest of the offense and the other pieces there, whether it's the pass catchers or, you know, Mike Davis, things like that. But uh, I feel like the Chiefs are starting to roll a little bit offensively and I'm very interested in the over in this game. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I think that this point plays to that is like their Carolina defense has played, I think, better than preseason expectations. You know, there was an expectation going into the year that this Carolina defense was going to be, you know, among the league's worst. And they haven't been among the leagues where they've been. I mean, they're 22nd rushing success rate allowed, 21st in passing success rate allowed. Uh, I mean, and overall, they're like 25th in defensive DVOA. So, I mean, they're definitely not good, but they're not as like awful like we thought they were going to be. Uh, so, I, I think with this Chiefs team here, like you know, like you said, they're rounding into offensive form. Like this could wind up being just a massive blowout with how this offense is playing, and they could easily put up you know like 30, 40 points at this point. And their their team total is, I mean, 31 and a half, 30 at this point. So. Uh, I think it also could be a great opening big game for Christian McCaffrey as long as they can keep the, you know, somewhat close against the Kansas City defense that ranks 30th in rushing success rate allowed. Uh, I mean, obviously the biggest issue is game script in terms of like his pure rushing props. Um, obviously fantasy points aren't really an issue because Christian McCaffrey is such a good pass catcher that that, that is actually a better way for him to score fantasy points. So you really don't need to be too worried about it there. I mean, do you have a take on the Mike Davis, Christian McCaffrey split or, you know, if he's even going to play anymore or what the deal is with that? I think they honestly might just like send Mike Davis back to the bench. Um, but that's just or like use him in like a 
like if Christian McCaffrey's too tired and like, you know, comes off the field. Yeah, I think it's probably the closest of a split you'll see will be this week, whether that's a 65-35, 75-25 split. But then I, I agree with you as we start to move and get past it and he is fully back, I think you see Mike Davis fetching water. Um, yeah, you know, coming in for cramps or after he runs for you know a sixty-yard run or something like that for a play or two to block. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think we, I don't think we see much Mike Davis moving forward. Um, Another point too um, on this Panthers defense, they're last in pressure rate. So I mean, imagine giving Mahomes all day to throw like that is just he can do whatever he wants. So yeah. Yeah, love uh, – I don't know about the 10.5 per se. Like, I, I don't hate it. It's really Kansas City or nothing for me. But uh, points for sure. I'm in the – on the game over. Um, yeah, not a really great feel for the CEH-Bell combo, but makes it hard to really touch them in DFS or the prop market yet. So um, kind of an avoid situation. Same thing, I mean, in a spot like this where we expect a lot of points to the Chiefs, they're really hard in the prop market because they could just go so many different ways. All right, next we have Houston on the road against Jacksonville. Houston, six and a half in most spots. Looks like there's some sevens out there. Look-aheads had this as a pick em. Uh, If you got in early there, it's some nice closing line value. Uh, though at the time, obviously, they did not know of the QB change. It's like Oregon State quarterback Jake Luton coming in. Um, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. He looks like he's 12 years old. Um <laughs> These two teams cannot get your break with all the shifting due to COVID. Um, they're both of a buy last week. Like they can't even get that edge on their opponents to like catch their opponents, you know, them fresh off of like both teams had a buy. Just brutal for these two squads. Uh, bad defenses. Houston 31st in yards per drive, 30th in points per drive. Jags dead last in both metrics. Uh, a lot of points though, especially for a quarterback. We don't know the situation here, but uh, what are your thoughts? Any leans? Yeah, so I, I mean, I took a piece of action on uh, Houston here at like minus six. Uh, now it's, you know, I mean, minus six and a half, like seven in most spots, it looks like. And I, th- I think that's where it should close around. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't already gotten there, to be honest. Like, I mean, the, the Texans beat them 30-14 last time with Minshew. Now they're rolling out Jake Luton. Um, like this Jags defense is still now, I mean, they're terrible. Like they're second worst in yards per play allowed. They've allowed 30 or more points in six straight games. I mean, maybe this is lower scoring because it's like a rematch of a divisional game, but that seems like a pretty big mismatch to me. Um, So I I don't know. I I see Houston being able to score plenty of points and can Jacksonville keep up? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's not like Houston's defense is very good, but again, it's Jake Luton. You know, I'd I'd be a lot more confident here with Minshew. Uh, At least you, you think he can, like he has a chance. He's shown flashes of ability to catch up, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's for me. It's really much. I, I like the Texans here at under a touchdown. I can get behind the Texans for sure. Texans team total even because I just when you look across the board at Jacksonville's defensive metrics and it's just it's really bad. It's really bad against the pass, especially and uh, could be a good spot for David Johnson as well, which is never a fun sentence to say That's out loud. Good. But he continues to get the workload, and it's a terrible terrible defense and we're looking at probably advantageous game script, you know, real good path to 16 to 20 touches. So um, on the ground. So same thing on the other side, James Robinson, great matchup for him too. And he's been killing it. I mean, before the bye, he really destroyed the chargers on the ground. 
I would want to see Chris Thompson's status, though, before I acted on uh, Robinson in the prop market, just because I feel like his you know, ceiling is capped a little bit, his, his receiving work is capped a little bit if Thompson is as active here. But uh, if he's not, man, I would think a inexperienced first-time QB, we know they check downs, and, and especially with the way Robinson's performed with the ball in his hands, could be a really nice combined yardage prop for him. Um, great spot for Watson, too. I mean, have you seen any early stuff on points bet on his his uh, completions or passing yards or anything? No, nothing. Sorry, sorry, my my thing went mute here. No, oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen too much on. Yeah, right, shocker. Um, so I haven't seen too much on uh, James Robinson or any of the uh, you know quarterback props here. They they only released one game actually so far in the okay. week because there's all the you know COVID mix ups and everything with you know going out with half these games, um, but. For for the uh, for the Texans or for the Jags, I think on their offensive side, like if they were to focus on feeding James Robinson, attacking Houston's defense, which is actually really bad at defending the run. Uh, I know they're previously allowing you know over five yards per carry to opposing running backs. Like that's you know kind of their way to win in this game, at least my angle, and like kind of keeping it close, running the ball, controlling the clock, because I mean, I mean they're just an inferior team, so it makes more sense to try and like add more variance to that, and hopefully they can pull off a win. But, I mean, do they know that? Probably not. Um, and that's kind of my thing is, like, we can't really assume that they know to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense if they, if they do that. I think they can keep it somewhat close. But still, like, against, against this Jaguars defense, I think that Houston should be able to score 30 points pretty easily. It's strange in our rankings and, and uh, projections. We actually – I think there's an error. We don't, do not have Deshaun Watson listed at all. Really? So, input error. Uh, he is – not on oh, the list. I found him. He's on. He's third. Twenty-two point seven fantasy points. Two hundred ninety passing yards. I have Josh Allen third. That's so well, weird. Well, I don't know. Refresh. Maybe he refreshed this. Maybe he caught this earlier. Ah, he's here. Yep. So there was an error, and I just had to hit refresh because he wasn't here. Because now Josh Allen is fifth. Oh. Uh, yep. So, all right. Cool. I was like, wait a second. Someone else probably caught that first. All right, next we have uh, Broncos on the road against the Falcons. Uh, Falcons, four and a half or four points. I'm sorry, trending to three and a half in some spots. 50 is the total here. Uh, Falcons have played a bit better since the coaching change a few weeks ago. Early lean here in the market is on Atlanta, even though it's moving the other way. Um, things get harder for the Falcons after this one. So they need this if they have any shots at anything, I guess. Um, hardest schedule in the league from here on out. They still have to play both their games against Tampa, both their games against the Saints. Uh, they got to travel to Kansas City. It gets really, really dark for the Falcons here. Uh, Calvin Ridley went down. That concerns me a little bit. We saw what happened earlier in the season, similar to what we were talking about with Galladay earlier. Like when Julio was out and it was just Ridley, like Ridley got fed, and I'm sure Julio will get fed. But just the overall dynamic um, of the offense was really a negative. And I thought that hurt them quite a bit. So uh, I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on this one. Yeah, Julio props are in play, but they're just going to be outrageous. I think like it's we're going to see like 90 yards, um, yeah. which I mean it's obviously very much possible for Julio. But you're you're getting no value here. So mm-hmm. um, and, I mean, otherwise in this spot, like Drew Locke continues to play pretty unevenly. I would say you know sometimes he plays really badly, you know most of the time, and then all of a sudden he'll come back and. 
you know, they wind up dropping 30 points. Like, you know, some might call it the it factor, but I mean, hey, that's just me. You know, like, I think that's Drew, Drew Locke's got it. Um, no, but Falcons are two and one, though, since since Dan Quinn left. I think that's worth noting. Um, you know, sometimes we see that like the, the head coach leaving narrative. Uh, sometimes it comes to play. Sometimes the team is way worse. And, you know, we can tell that the coach actually did matter. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I do think that Locke needs to target receivers downfield. Uh, try to get some explosive plays because Atlanta secondary is still not very good. Uh, last in uh, explosive pass rate allowed, 25th in passing success rate allowed. So if Locke's able to do that, I, I think Denver's kind of live here. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not really super excited to take it, but I, I think that they're actually in, kind of in play. I kind of do too. I, I don't love it, but I, I would definitely take the points before I laid more than a field goal with the Falcons currently. Um yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick maybe back too, and that's I think that helps them quite a bit. He looked really good a couple weeks when he was kind of the alpha, you know, taking over for Cortland Sutton there. You know, Jerry Judy starting to emerge. I think it's a really good spot for um, Noah Fant. I want to look at his props. I think it's really interesting The using our 4 for 4 um, schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed shows us that Atlanta, by far the worst team in the league against the tight end position. And, you know, fan has for a tight end has some decent big play upside too. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in them quite a bit. I really don't have any interest in any of the ancillary pieces. You probably get some low numbers on, you know, whether it's Russell Gage or Christian Blake or whatever you get in the Atlanta, um, receiving core filling in for Ridley here. They'll probably be low, but really not of interest to me. I also don't um, know how you watch Denver and think that like, Melvin Gordon's the guy. Like Philip Lindsay is just significantly better, right? I mean, yeah, he is. I, better. I, I just don't know why they didn't see that last year. Like he was right? last year too. Like he's. I mean, what? What were the offs? They were saying it like this week. Like the B reporters are saying, like he's the heart of the team or something like that. Yeah. And it's like he got like six carries last week, and like yeah. I mean, just consistently is like plays well above, um, you know, like what people expect, and then they continue to like just like feed Melvin Gordon and you know, they shouldn't even sign Melvin Gordon. I don't know what they were thinking. I know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's LA. What do you expect? Um, I are interesting angle here on the game. Falcons team total under 27 points. Um, they've scored more than 27 points in just two games. And that was against the Cowboys um, and the Vikings. And then, and that was the Vikings game was off of uh, their coaching, you know, coaching firing and the Broncos, are currently seventh in defensive DVOA and have, I mean, their defense is solid. It's not like they're anything bad. So I don't there. know. I, I think that it's like a legit thing under 27 points here if you can get a team total there. Yeah. Um, AJ Boye, I don't know his status. That would help me want to sure. that side a little bit. I mean, it's not like he's going to shut down someone like Julio per se, but like just having him in there. And I don't even know that he would shadow, but just having him in would make me feel a little bit more confident. But I'm with you. I mean, um, I don't have a ton of conviction. But my lean would be Denver, and I, I think you make a good case on the Falcons under there too. All right, next we have the Raiders on the road against the Chargers. Chargers short favorite at home, one and a half points. About fifty-one and a half is where the total is at now. So it's back-to-back roadies for Vegas. Um, of course, as is most weeks, they are a very public team. Uh, so one got up to three in some spots, now down to one, one and a half across the board. Just a ton of action so far on the Raiders. You know, I don't know if that's just like 
the Raiders are kind of a public team. Now they're Vegas's team. But now that we have legalized betting, it's not like they're like just the home team anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They just every week when I look at like the market reports, they are just getting pounded. Everyone is betting the Raiders early in the week. So, yeah, I don't know. Should be a lot of points here, though. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I think it's because they have the ability to beat anyone, but they also have the ability to lose to anyone. And this is a team that, I mean, they have wins against the Saints, the Chiefs, the Panthers, and the Browns, but they lost to the Patriots, the Bills, and the Bucks. So it's not like, you know, any of the losses are terrible, but, I mean, they got pretty thoroughly manhandled by the Patriots. Um, and they lost to the Bills by a touchdown, and then, you know, they lost to the Bucks as well. So I don't know. I mean, I think that this this team is really tough to, like, people always just want to pay attention to the highs or at least – betters do and they don't really pay too much attention to the lows so i think this is a team with like really high highs really low lows um and they've also been very susceptible to opponent running backs and running games 25th 24th in rushing success rate allowed 28th in explosive run rate allowed uh the issue is that just like isn't really the chargers strong suit um right now you know since eckler's gone like they really haven't been playing um all that well here i think they were like you know in the 26th in rushing success rate offensively. Um, and we saw like Joshua Kelly and um, Justin Jackson get basically nothing going. There was that, you know, the the third stringer uh, Pope was getting, you know, was Tremaine like their, Pope. Yeah, yeah, Tremaine Pope was really just carrying the, the load for them. He was, he was awesome for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by awesome, I mean, he like hit a hole and go down on first contact. But like, you know, it, it, he was going. Yeah, they Exactly. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't think that that's really exactly how they attack the Raiders. And But Herbert has been playing just incredibly for the most part. Uh, the Chargers have scored 30, 39, 27, 31 points in the last four weeks. I mean, three of those were against uh, the Bucks, Saints, and Broncos who are all top 10 defenses. So it's not like they've been bad defenses. The Raiders are not a good defense. So, I mean, I'd lean the Chargers here. I don't mind the team total around like 27, 27 and a half for the Chargers to go over that. Um, but again, I don't know. It's, it's, it is a little scary with this Chargers team. They just blew a massive lead, and we know that the Chargers do not believe in analytics and that they do not care about doing the right thing. So, like, all bets are off for betting on them to do the smart thing, and that's kind of kind of where I've come to with this team. Yeah. Uh, the, so the total dropped a little bit, and now it brought their team total down a little bit. Team total I saw uh, about an hour ago was 25.5 for the Chargers. and I, I Maybe like I calculated that, that wrong. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You're, well, I updated from your formulas because the because the whole thing dropped. So yep, yeah, I, I put them in pretty early. So that's yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that's why the total dropped quite a bit from opening. So yep. So I'm on the Chargers here. I, I don't. I would lean the Chargers here I, for all the reasons that you say. It's hard to have a lot of conviction, but I do think that they can score points. I mean, Raiders games combined for the um, I think it's like the third amount of points in the league, fifty five point seven. Chargers at 52. Like we should expect a lot of points here. Um, I just don't have a lot of faith in this Raiders defense at all. So I think the Chargers can get there. Uh, this way I can take the Chargers, kind of play against my you know, Raiders lean and not have to be reliant on the one and a half point, you know, point spread here. Um, it's just hard to make anything out of the like the backfield. You said they they had like 85 plays last week. It was an insane amount of play volume in that game. It feels like maybe they ran hot handish with with Pope, like they just weren't happy, like you said, with Jackson and Kelly. But he got concussed late in that game. He might not even be active here, so it might go back to to Jackson ahead of Kelly, and not a bad spot for Jackson either. You know, could be a, a pretty low prop number for him. 
all things considered, based on how things went last week and you know how much you know, Kelly in previous weeks has been mixing in. I was a donkey. I, I we talked about Josh or Josh Jacobs. We want to be betting unders. You want to be betting Josh Jacobs unders, but like I bet it too early in the week and I hated it by the time it, you know kicked off because I'm like, yeah, they're just gonna feed him and they did like 32 touches. He didn't do much of anything with it, but he just got fed and and you know crushed the under. Yeah, um, I I couldn't do it because I like by the time my prop column came around, I, I just couldn't pull the trigger because of that exact reason. I'm like, man, especially with this weather, like they might just hand it to him like 25 times and yeah, it doesn't matter if you're averaging you know like three and a half yards per carry you're hitting over on like a 75 yard prop uh, and I, I mean i think he did about that right he ended up with 100 yards on like you know 20 something carries 32 so, carries i think 32 carries that we finished with oh god i mean yeah that's that's you know kind of what we expected there yeah so I, that is always a tough part of get betting unders i think there needs to be for the raiders i think it's easy to bet unders with them if you think they're going to lose because they're going to have to go away from the run eventually Agreed. but if they're in if they're close at all like I, I can't touch the uh, I can't touch the unders on Josh Jacobs because well, that was part of it though pre week you know we're pre weather in the weekends like I loved the Browns in a big way I thought that they would win and obviously that whole thing just changed because that was a kind of a a unique game situation but yet zero targets again for Jacobs uh, has not played a third down in the past two weeks like he's what we thought he was and you know, like you said we need to leverage those spots. Um, you know, differently moving forward. That's kind of the, sometimes when you act early, you, you know, you act against where the market ends up closing later in the week. And uh, yeah, it sucked. Uh, this one's going to suck. Pittsburgh at Dallas, <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh 14. There's some 13 and a half, I think on FanDuel with juice total 41 and a half. Um, this is the third straight road game for Pittsburgh. But uh, who cares? Like they are playing <laughs> a really bad football team right now. Poor Cowboys fans. I mean, things like it's exciting early in the year. You're coming in before the game start. You're like, man, this offense is going to be fun. Maybe the defense can put it together. Like playoff run here, looking good in this division. And it has just been a cluster of dumpster fires on the injury front. It's been really bad. I jumped in on the lookaheads at nine and a half. Oh, very man. Very good about that. I mean, read the article, man. Get in there. Um, <laughs> Steelers seven zero. They got Dallas, Cincy, and Jacksonville up next. Pretty nice little run here. Uh, any thoughts here? Are you okay laying two touchdowns? Um, probably not. I think we've talked about it at some point. Like, uh, you know, the Steelers play down to their competition frequently, and That's a good point. There have there have been some times where you know they really drop the ball. I don't think this is the spot, but I'm saying like you know some road games randomly they have inexplicable um, you know performances where they just can't do anything. Um, now I think that that leads them to more like a three to seven point win rather than like losing outright. But it certainly doesn't lead them to covering. I, I mean the issue here though is if you're looking from a matchup standpoint, um, they're going to be starting. I mean Dalton's out. Ben DiNucci, their bench, they're going to go with either Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush, I believe. Um, and so in this spot with those two players um, behind an offensive line, which is suspect playing against the Steelers, even the line, which is, you know, the top team in pressure rate. And then the pass catchers are fine, but if you can't get the ball to them, it doesn't really matter. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Dallas's defense is one of the worst in the league playing against the Steelers offense, which is still rounding into form and has been, you know, fairly good for most of the season like that. There is no 
part of this game that should be close. Um, but I think the market's kind of about right. But there's still going to be people betting on the, the Cowboys here because the number is two scores on the road um, with a Dallas team that, you know, for some reason, I mean, has like good metrics left over from Dak. Um, so, I mean, people are going to get money actually on the Cowboys here. Um, I was actually talking with Sportsbook and Sig. It's like Dave Sherapan. He's a former like longtime odds maker. And he was saying that, he thinks that the number could go to 14 and a half. People are, the numbers people are still going to be betting Dallas to keep it at 14. Uh, I mean, I think the Pittsburgh on a neutral field, as long as they play like a normal Pittsburgh, um, how they have been playing, they'll win by, you know, 30 points here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you called it out. I mean, we, we talk, I've talked about it, I think, every week last month, like the, waiting for that Pittsburgh shoe to drop. And, uh, I don't know. If this is a spot. Cooper Rush and Gary Gilbert. It's like creative player names. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Cooper Rush. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know. I like the nine and a half. I, I wouldn't. I'm with you. Like, uh, throw the money line into a, a yeah some other money stuff. line. Maybe I mean you could if you want to do a seven point teaser, you could tease them right to seven. I think that's sure. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Fanduel's got a thirteen and a half. I think at least they did a little bit ago. Juiced up a little bit. Uh yeah, they are no bad MGM does. It doesn't look like uh it doesn't look like FanDuel has anymore. It's 14. Okay. I think we will see a 14 and a half or two pop, like, but then people will, will bet it. So it's not gonna last long. Yeah. Um, so all right, next we have Miami on the road against the Cardinals. Um shop around on this one. I don't know if it's moved looking at my notes from earlier. Um Arizona at four points bet had it at four and a half. FanDuel had it at three and a half. So you know, we typically key on, you know, three being a key number, but four is not insignificant because, you know, you have 24 twenties like that uh, Four it matters. So definitely want to take a look um, out there. Total pretty healthy two, 48, 48 and a half uh, Cardinals coming off a bye. We got to making his first road start. The story here though, I think is Miami's defense. I mean, last season, Miami's D was, Historically awful, according to Football Outsiders, defensive uh, DVOA metric, just really, really bad. Now they are third in the league in points per drive allowed. They are third in past DVOA. Exceptional corners, Byron Jones, Savian Howard, um, haven't been both healthy at all times, but they are now and just they are cooking. Uh, still awful against the run, worse than the league actually, um, but feisty now. At least, you know, stopping the pass, we know historically, like, you see really good defenses kind of care a little bit less against the run. It's easier when you're a really good offense because then you get up and it doesn't matter as much. Dolphins aren't quite there yet, but it's good to see what's going on there. They're also second um, in football outsider special teams rank unit. And I think that that's something that matters and maybe isn't something that gets the attention that it deserves, but you know, field position games, those types of things really matter. It's part of why it's something the Patriots have been really good at for two decades and is part of, why they've been really good is they just do those little things and you kind of have that coming over with Flores and you're seeing that transpire with the Dolphins. Um, like that unit there. If you look at the Rams Dolphins box score last week, it just will blow your mind. I mean, Rams ran like 92 plays, had 471 total yards, uh, outgained Miami by 250 yards and lost handily. Um, but we talked about that spot, you know, Mm-hmm. Again, short week, traveling, early window, back-to-back road games for the Rams, all those things kind of hit. Um, 
interested to see if we got a real Tua here. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more from Tua. He, he looked like, I mean, he was like fine. You can't make any judgments about last week. I think Miami is kind of live here again. Um, and largely because of their defense, right? So they, I mean, early in the season, they allowed 31 of the Bills and they also allowed 31 points to the Seahawks, which I mean, it's fine. The Seahawks are doing it to everyone, right? But otherwise, they've allowed 17, 0, 17, 13, and 21 points. Um, and against the Cardinals team that we've seen, I mean, sure, they've looked good at times, but they've also looked really bad at times. And against yeah, a, really bad. the Dolphins defense that's playing, you know, I think above their level at certain certain times, I think they're kind of live. And if Tua shows up here, like I think this could be a pretty close game. So those are two obviously big ifs. And like you said, their run defense is an issue. Um, I, I would lean towards Miami here. I'm probably not going to have too much action in the game, maybe like a little chip on Miami outright just because, you know, maybe ride the, ride the train here and see if they can keep – Pulling off a few upsets here against teams that, I mean, Arizona's good, but I think that they're a little bit overrated still. Agreed. That's why I got on the under on the total at 48 and a half because we've seen the, the Arizona offense sputter a little bit. They still at times will do a little bit of that horizontal raid stuff. It's a little bit maddening. And now you're bringing in a defense that's, you know, third and defensive past DVOA and really limiting, you know, points and yards more so than you would think just looking at uh, the matchups uh, based on name value. So yeah, their, their matchups right now, like looking back actually in hindsight on on who they played defensively, the last few games, especially against the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Jets, the Panthers, the Lions, Washington football team, and then week one against the Niners. Like the last six weeks, they haven't played anyone. They played like what, like six of the worst 10 defenses in the league. So, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, th- I think that there's there's not a whole lot we can take away from Arizona putting up you know thirty or more points in the last three games against the Jets, Cowboys, and Seahawks. So, yeah. I mean, this defense is, is significantly better, at least in in some areas. Yeah, and you know, two has got questions, obviously, and then yeah, we're looking at you know Miles Gaskin out, and you know Matt Breida, like. He's probably not playing. Are we going to dust off Jordan Howard, who really hasn't been playing football for <laughs> most of the last month? <laughs> like, there's just so many reasons why I think there's you know value in the under here, especially on the wrong side of the number. You know, getting a hook on 48. You know, I think anywhere over 47. I think I would lean under. Um, I think great spot though, obviously for for Chase Edmonds if Kenyon Drake is officially out. Just. He's been very similar to you know maybe a Philip Lindsay on steroids. He's just been the guy that's why aren't we giving him more touches? And, you know Drake has just been continuing to disappoint. Now we have a week where it looks like Edmonds is going to have that bell cow role. Maybe we see a little bit more you know Benjamin. I don't think it's enough to make Chase Edmonds not a good play and you know worth a look in the prop market too. So under for me, and I'm with you. Um, I don't have a lean on the uh, a play on the side, but I would. I would lean Miami and take points, especially you get four and a half. You tease that up and get it through 10, 10 and a half. Um, I would definitely like that side more than anything on the Arizona side. All right. Uh, this is a big one. Norland's on the road against the Bucks. Bucks down at four as the favorite here at home. 51 is the total. Uh, obviously big NFC South Sunday night game here. Rematch of week one. Moving outdoors, obviously, to Tampa. Uh, back-to-back road games for the Saints. Um, we still don't know really what's going on with their pass core. It looks like probably Sanders and Thomas are back, but 
managed to win against the Bears last week with basically just Alvin Kamara. So obviously, though, Antonio Brown debut, big story in this one. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? I actually don't have like a ton. I, I think these are, you know, fairly evenly matched teams. I know that like Tampa Bay were dogs. Now they're, you know, four and a half point favorites. Uh, and largely it's because their defense has been pretty elite. Third in rushing success rate allowed, fifth in passing success rate allowed. Um, just really like been a dominant unit on the season. And now they're, I mean, their offense looks good. Brady looks solid. Uh, now he gets Antonio Brown, who um, I don't know how much he's going to play. Uh, I think that. If he's playing fine, I can't imagine that they're going to sub him out. And that's kind of my thing is like, if he's playing well and Brady wants him in, I mean, he Brady's the one who brought him there. So like, uh, I can't imagine that he's going to, you know, if he's on the sideline for a series and they don't do well, I'm sure that it's just going to be like, Hey, he's playing the rest of the game. And you know, that's kind of how it's going to go. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't have too many takes in general, maybe, you know, some unders on some Camaro or Latavius Murray rushing props who, you know, really didn't do too well against Tampa Bay last time. I think Kamara had like 15 rushing yards. Um, Latavius did okay, actually, but pretty much every running back against Tampa Bay has actually hit the under on their prop, um, you know, except actually outside of last week where Gallman hit the over, you know, barely. <laughs> but it's because his his rushing prop was like 30 yards or 35 yards. So, you know, hitting the over on that, if you get like 10, 15 carries, like it's not even against a really great defense, it's kind of tough, so. In this spot, though, we're going to see a, a high over-under for Camara, maybe like 65-ish, 60. Can get the under there, I think, for a good price. Every Saints game has gone over the total so far this year. Interesting. Interesting, but because my lean is under here. It feels like too many points. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know if that's one of those. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't have a great feel for it. I, I'm with you. Like Antonio Brown, we saw last year. We had that one game. We was an active Patriot didn't run many routes, but he was fed. Like, I just, I think he slides right into, you know, a pretty important role for them. And um, it'd be interesting to see where his, his prop market uh, pops out at. Um, Cause I really think he has a, a day one role, especially with some of the injuries they've had going on there. So don't have a great feel for side here either. Kind of a stay away. will definitely be one I'll watch as we get closer to the weekend. And then just kind of look forward as a football fan to watch. Cause it will be, a fun game on primetime Sunday night. Yeah. I mean, okay. So you remember this game, uh, like when he did first join the Patriots, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that it's representative of, you know, like what's going to happen, but okay. So he only played on 34% of the snaps in his first week of the Patriots. And they acquired him like, you know, midweek from what I remember, like right before, maybe it was, maybe it was like a Saturday before the Sunday game. Uh, and then he played the following Sunday. Um, but he only had played on 34% of the snaps. He saw eight targets, you know, caught four of them for 56 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but uh, from what I take away from that and from watching that game, like he, they were trying to get him involved. Brady wanted to throw him the ball. He did, and it worked out well, and they're friends. He's there for a reason. Like he's not going to be there to, for Brady to not target him. I mean, maybe if, you know, things happen, can happen down the road, don't get me wrong, but I think early on they're going to try and feed him, or at least Brady will. Totally agree. Um I mean, he's tucking the kids in the night. You know, he's staying. He's like JB Smooth on uh, on curb. Like he's staying in the, you know, the backyard in the, you know, the beach house there. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be involved, and he's fresh. You know, he's not old. He's not washed. He's got fresh legs. You know, he's he's been active, been hanging out with Tony Robbins, trying to get his mind right. 
trying to get his mentals and his chickens right. So I think he shows up and, and is involved. I mean, like you said, I don't we don't have a lot to draw on, but we do kind of have an example, and I, I think we could see something very similar. All right, next, last game, Monday night, New England on the road against the Jets. Tough, tough, tough scene. Uh, seven, seven and a half out there at some spots. Total pretty um, consistent around 42. This is uh, man, a game I would not want to have to watch. Um, again, Monday night. You're going to watch. Oh, no, I'm going to watch it. I would watch it anyway, but I, I hate that everyone else has to watch it. Um, oh, okay. Public on the Pats here uh, who are on the road second week in a row in the division. Um, we saw a bit of Cam. That we saw earlier in the season last week, uh, you know, only one carry against the Niners the week before. Decent last week, nine carries, 54 yards. Uh, you know, they really didn't do anything. Again, the weather was an issue and no receivers. They just kind of kept everything right around the line of scrimmage. A lot of Jacoby Myers in the slot, check downs, dump offs, things like that. Um, was driving and fumbled the ball and, and cost them a, a chance to tie and, and win there. But, uh, yeah, Jets are bad and continue to be awful, and uh, we'll probably be awful here. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I think it's kind of almost embarrassing that the Patriots are only seven-point favorites against uh, a team that's on pace to be the worst team in NFL history in terms of point differential. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like the Patriots in seven points here. I know they played poorly against the Broncos, and they had a terrible out against 49ers, but, I mean, I thought they actually played, like, okay against the Bills, uh, against the Bills team that – is projected to be, you know, a playoff contender and is probably going to win the division. Uh, I mean, if if Cam Newton doesn't fumble that last ball, which is actually a great strip, like they would, they probably win that game. Uh, and you're talking about a totally different narrative going into this week. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he's, he's shook off the COVID, uh, maybe not, but I I like the Patriots here at seven against a, a Jets team, which is, like I said, I mean, just a terrible team all around. I'm with you. I mean. It- but it has been embarrassing to watch. Um, and they still don't really have I – mean, we traded for Isaiah Ford. Like, is he going to come in and, like, just – I mean, that's a massive addition. You, you know, when you when you have a chance to add a guy like Isaiah Ford, you have to do it. It's true. Didn't even have to give up a second-round pick to do it this year, which is amazing. <laughs> well, um, I was waiting for them to – I mean, imagine shipping a second-round pick from Mohamed Sanu and not considering Will Fuller. I know. I would have hated that for Will Fuller, though. Poor Will Fuller, if he would have had to be resigned to to run routes for for Cam right now with the way things are going. Um, yeah, yeah. That's they haven't thrown a passing touchdown since week four. Um, Oof. It's it's yeah, it's rough. And it looks like you know the only good thing here, Damian Harris has been running well, but like Sony Michelle practiced today, so like. Does he kind of come in and really throw a wet blanket on any of the Harris stuff? I mean, Harris is basically running that full Garrett Blunt, Sony Michelle role. This could be a spot where he'd be interesting in the prop market because positive game script. He looked like he had a nice path to 15 and 20 carries. It'd be interesting to see what happens. They just like, hey, listen, things aren't going well. Sony, <laughs> this isn't working. Let's just let's just keep riding Harris. You know, I think that there's a chance for that, but it makes me a little bit. Uh, a little bit cautious if Sony is indeed in play here. So uh, again, Monday night, haven't really dug into this one, but it's, it's gross and you know, Pats would be the lean, but uh, more of a teaser play. I don't know that I want to lean. I would lay seven and a half with them right now, even against the jets. That's how bad, that's how bad it is. So for sure. All right. Um, 
I haven't done any teaser work here yet. Um, oh, I know. I'm sorry, but let's see. Let's let's go through real quick. I mean, the problem is, like, I want anchor. I want to anchor with the Ravens, but the Ravens are not in a spot that we want to mess around with from a tease standpoint. Um, Titans probably. Titans are in a nice number. We we at six. We can get them down to basically a pick. Um, man, we're trying to be a good. Honest, solid advice prop better here. What about uh what about the um the Texans? Texans are good. Uh Chiefs too. I mean the Chiefs don't get us to any key numbers per se, but it gets us under a touchdown. I feel pretty good about that. Um so Titans, Chiefs, Texans, um man, and then you start to add points, whether it's you know, Miami getting ten and a half or Denver. Getting ten, I think we both kind of like those. Both of those sides. Those are. Yeah, a little bit I'm not really sure. I want to bet on Denver getting ten, though. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah. Just trying to again follow the rules and not trying to go through. Yeah, we don't want to tease through the number. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Dolphins getting ten and a half, or you know, at four and a half, that's fine. Or you can just, you know, continue to you throw the Patriots in there as a win, and then drive the Steelers number down though. It's not going to get down again through a key number, but it gets you under 10, but uh, yeah, we'll unpack that a little bit as the week goes on and try to get something good out there. Yeah. All right. That about wraps us up for week nine. So uh, Connor and I will be back to do this again next week. Maybe I guess, maybe not find Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. I'm there at Ryan Noonan. Find the show at move the line NFL as well. Um, we appreciate you hanging out with us and uh, hopefully winning some money. Uh, I know we're having a good year on our end, so hopefully you are too. So again, don't forget to rate and review the pod wherever you find it. Uh, it helps us out quite a bit. So for Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next week.